Oi, oi, Husey here. Um, I hope you've had a nice week. Happy Friday release day. Um, we, in this episode, uh, we Warren and I had a, a really nice uh, chat with um, beat maker, loop station genius, uh, music producer, Rhino. Um, in fact, before you even listen to this, if you are able... Uh, I would just stop what what you're doing, pause this, and just go and check out uh, rhino.music on Instagram, uh, just to get a feel for what this guy's about if you haven't already heard of him. But he is essentially the beat maker um, for a group called ASM, so you can check them out, A State of Mind. Uh, Check them out on on Spotify uh, or any other streaming platforms. Uh, and yeah, check out his, his Instagram profile though. So uh, rhino.music because he, he he makes these mad fucking videos where he's kind of like just looping looping stuff. Uh, just check it out. You'll see what I mean. Anyway, um, I'm really excited to bring this one to you. So I'm going to shut up and let the man for himself talk. All right, cool. Uh, till the next one. Peace. Zoom's recording. Logic's recording. Yep. Cool. Let's crack on while we've got you then. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. join in. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Rhino, thank you so much for j- jumping on uh, Through the Door podcast, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, ah, man, pleasure yeah. to be here. Virtually. Yeah, where are you in the world then right now? You said you're in the middle of the I'm country. I'm in the so. south, south of France, so uh, in the sunshine. Um, yeah, nice. Down kind of near to Montpellier, so like pretty close to the coast. Oh, oh, cool. Amazing. Yeah. How's it been? Are you able to get out to the coast? Can you do stuff? What's it like over there in the minute? Um, so where I live is like really countryside. Like I'm just surrounded by vineyards and, and time, like the nearest village is like 200 people. So um, around awful. here, it's pretty, <laughs> <Vineyards>. <laughs> it's pretty chilled. Oh, and, you know, like luckily I've got a garden and stuff, you know, like we've even got a pretty big garden. We've got pool and everything so like it's been pretty chilled i would say mm. um except obviously like no touring for me so that's been yeah yeah it's kind yeah. of like it's been a blessing and a curse um i had a huge tour just before the first lockdown happened and so mm. i don't know 30 or 40 shows got canceled um mm. and but on the other side like got to spend a lot more time at home a lot more time in the studio um mm-hmm. been working on like new stuff but also new techniques and like forcing myself to learn new instruments that kind of thing so you know i feel like i've come a- out of the whole thing as a better person maybe i don't know or a worse yeah, it's, person. It's, <laughs> it's definitely yeah. been quite inspiring to sort of pick up stuff and to sort of crack on to learn new tricks and sort of open, like I've been opening up old doors that I've never used for, I haven't used for a long time and like messing about and just figuring out the tricks and tips that I never had time or patience to bother with. You know, like if, even like like learning how about new plugins and shit like that, just to like go really geeky and because it gives you the opportunity to just sit and do that. Yeah, right? time. Um, it's, yeah, and, and then you can, and then also like when you discover new sounds and it's been quite inspirational to sort of sit and just make songs daily for me as well, which has been like a, a blessing really like life life actually stopped and allowed us to be creative again yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not just the business you know it's like it's it's a weird a weird sort of double-edged sword this isn't it but, absolutely you know. and then again well, though I, I know mean, like so in France we have this really 
good system for musicians, specifically if you're like a musician that tours a lot, that has like a certain mm. amount of notoriety, then for now the government is just supporting us all. Um, wow, nice. There's this thing that you have anyway in France, which is called intermittence, so like intermittent work. Mm -hmm. So basically it means that like if you do, you have to do 52 shows within a year and they all have to be paid a certain amount. But after that, for the next year, the government gives you money every single day if you're not really doing a gig. Oh so that, that way it's to encourage, it's not only musicians, it's like musicians, actors, mm -hmm. directors, I think even painters, mm. like just arts nice. in general, get it. And and all the technicians as well. So all the light guys, the sound guys, everybody, um, studio yeah. technicians. And then that way, it means that you can have time to create new projects and you're not constantly forced to be either doing another job or mm. working nonstop on tour, you know? It's, yeah. it's such, a, such a lovely thing. I mean... I, I remember like my, I, I toured in France quite a lot and um, I played a venue in uh, Rouen, um, which, uh, and it was like a massive arts council funded sort of. Yeah, uh, the 106, massive, I guess it was, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this big is, old yellow building, yeah, like yeah. two massive industrial sized venues. Um, just beautiful. Like, and it was, it was, it seemed to be constantly supported as well like there was lots of lots of initiatives going on like we were on the radio there we did like a live session in one of their like little glass rooms and stuff yeah. and, and then we like played the main space in there and that and it's like it feels it feels so much more of like a supported community than it does here in the UK yeah because like musicians have basically we've been like falling on our ass the last year well yeah but I mean you know. but as you're saying there though the government really I don't think over here gives a shit about no the creative industry or the creative arts in fact <laughs> quite the opposite you know I mean um, it, it was interesting when they sort of declared what is kind of um, critical and crucial and and, and, and mm. you know yeah I don't know I just think it was handled really badly but I, I think you can feel that when you go to France you know you can feel yeah. that that, that, it, that culture and, and art is supported and yeah. I, think that's, I, mean, I do they, think that's something that's missing in the UK they take it like super seriously and they really yeah. have a lot of like well, they're just super proud of their culture, you know, which is why I think over the entire world, people look at like France as being like high culture thing, you know, like even mm. like circus acts in France are considered like high culture. Like there's like a huge esteem and respect for like, I don't know, acrobats and, and people that work in the circus. Yeah. Because for them, it's like, it's another art form and all of them are also supported at the moment within the same kind of criteria. And then, yeah, as you said, mm. like that venue you played in Rouen, like in every yeah. single big city in France and even some of the small cities, you always have a venue that is funded mm. by the government. And so the technicians and the sound stuff and everything is all supported by the government. Mm. And it also means that the guy running the place can take risks and book artists yeah. not having to mm. worry on ticket sales because he knows that yeah, if it doesn't yeah. sell enough tickets, he still mm. isn't losing it's personal money. It's not his business. It's supported yeah. by the government. And in fact, the initiative is that they have to make sure that they're representing culture in a way that they do at least one jazz act, at least one reggae act, at least one yeah. rock act, yeah. hip hop act so every month. You know? So they have yeah. to like fill it to make sure that they're representing all kinds of culture. 
Mm. So that's super yeah. cool. I think yeah, it's so important. I mean, in in the UK, it's so different that you find that, especially like if you look at London and, and small venues, they're just getting squeezed out all the time. And it's a real disappointment because you have these kind of like built up areas and then uh, property builders come in and they build these tenement flats and stuff around like a venue, a small venue. And then everybody in the new flats complains that there's music in the venue yeah. and then the, the venue loses its license and gets yeah. kicked out. And this is an actual process that that these property developers are actively do, they're actively targeting because then they get another once that Space. venue's gone they get to convert that too and yeah. it's an active thing and you just think shit like, it's insane leave? it is insane i mean but, you know, i remember so like in another lifetime of mine i was running a club in liverpool called the magnet oh really um which one which one was it the magnet the magnet okay right, okay um used to do all the like kind of main hip-hop, funk, soul. And it was around the time that like dubstep drum and, well, drum and bass was obviously already around, but when dubstep was like beginning to explode on the yep. scene, they were doing all the first things like that, you know? Um, yeah. And so I was like the, the I don't know, artistic director, if you want. Um, did you, did, did, can I just, did you work with uh, Temper Records any, by chance and Forward Agency? Uh, I mean, I, I booked from them. Did you book from Forward? Because my the mother of my children basically ran Forward Agency, oh, yeah. and she worked at Temper Records. Okay, definitely. so she represented Benny and Scream and all that lot. Yeah, for like I mean, years. I remember, <laughs> I remember at the beginning getting. I reckon I must have been getting Scream around when he was at still like four hundred fifty, five hundred quid or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know? And, and I, I mean, I remember she, she, they, they went over to Coda. I think eventually, or primary, one or the other. And it was like, I remember Amy going, so Dubstep's just got massive and I've lost every single one of my DJs. Yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. I feel like maybe, was I still, was it maybe like N-Type and things like that that I was still getting Yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah, N-Type, yeah, yeah. He's lovely, Mark. Yeah, he's one super of my, he's nice. One I booked him a few people. times to come, come play. Yeah. It was really... Nice. I we think had, I remember um, we had Benny Hill on the podcast as well a little while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Horsepower Productions. I mean, Benny is one of the loveliest, sweetest humans alongside Chris Plastician as well. Mm. All those like Croydon lot are just like their stories are amazing. And we'll obviously get into yours about your music making shortly. Mm. But uh, before I rudely interrupted about your booking, but... <laughs> no, no problem. No <laughs> problem. I was just going to say that like I remember the venue, and then there was a restaurant next door, and mm. they were like you know constantly making us change our opening hours and stopping everything mm. because oh, of mm. the sound problems. And they arrived after us, you know, we yeah, would have exactly. like these dubstep exactly. nights and the bass would be like moving yeah. the building so much that they'd lay the tables at the end of their <laughs> dinner, you know, like, so yeah, that they were yeah, ready yeah. for the next day. And in the yeah. morning they'd come in and there were no glasses left on the tables and stuff like that. But you know, at the <laughs> well, same time, sucks. don't open that's a, a restaurant above a venue. <laughs> like, that's so, a good yeah. advert for the venue yeah. and and for function one sound systems as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All them subs, man. That twenty five k situation, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, it's man. interesting, but um, and also as well, while we're talking about the kind of like lockdown thing, um, I hate dwelling on it, but thank you so much for putting so much interesting content out on your Instagram, by the way. Yeah, I'm, man. Uh, Bob Warren and I keep passing your your videos to and fro. That all of them have got these really like positive sunny time vibes yeah man but the originality uh, that you're coming up with is just uh astounding to me i love finding people like you because to me it's like the tip of the iceberg i find you on instagram and then i start digging in and then i find out you're a part of this bigger group and then i and i get to kind of like mm. dig through the treasure troves and it's and it's really good but you know um 
thank you for putting that oh, content yeah. out. You know, the like the, the the distillery sessions and and the and the stuff where you're looping your kid and then doing like kind of TV show stuff. <laughs> yes. Where'd you get the inspiration for this stuff? From? I mean, I I got to a point in lockdown where I was working. So like my other group that you mentioned, ASM, um, we were working on stuff and we like finished an album with them. I started doing loads of stuff. I was working on new live show and I was a bit like, I've got all this stuff going on, but I've got no way to really put it out. And I am worried yeah. that by the time a year, two years has passed, like my following and people like won't have heard me much. And so I thought to myself, yeah. you know what? I'm going to force myself no matter what. Every single Wednesday, I'm going to put a new video online. Um, okay. It's also yeah, kind of can. like a way to just sharpen my skill set, but also keep interacting with people, build my fan base and just kind of forced me to stay active, you know, because it's quite easy to kind of fall into a bit of a hole at this time, I think, and not not be yeah, like sure. finding inspiration and, and releasing stuff. So every week I'm basically racking my brains like, what can I do this week? <laughs> How can I like one up it from the last one? How can I change things? How can I, you know, so actually as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to go record the video that I'm going to put out this evening. Oh, really? Nice. Gotta, Amazing. Gotta do that in a minute before the sun goes. Oh, uh, I was yeah. um, I was mad into your uh, PlayStation Dance Map MIDI controller. Yeah, man, that <laughs> thing is crazy, dude. It's just and a sick tracksuit as well, by the way. I'm all about that. All about that green edit. <laughs> that green, yeah. Yeah, green. but but yeah, man, I I love like because we used to fuck around with um, like putting pickups in kids' toys and that. Yeah, and like because my my daughters had like plastic like ukuleles like but like real like, all that like, plastic strings and like putting um, like uh, little sort of touch pickups in there and stuff and like smashing them against walls and that. It's like yeah. you can do so much stuff if you just know what to do. Yeah, like, yeah and all the circuit right? bending stuff. I mean, I don't know anything about that, but I've yeah got a few friends that do that stuff and it's amazing yeah, yeah. it's crazy like uh, i um i work on a i work on another podcast um called mouth of manliness which is a men's mental health podcast and uh nick the guy the guy that i do that with he um he uh yeah he like he makes instruments just out of anything at the minute he's like carving yeah. up like he literally he's carved up a table put some holes in it made a oh what's it called uh oh i've forgotten the name of it but it's like this thing where you sort of you still got a turning thing over strings oh i can't remember the actual name of it uh, yeah, but it's yeah. like uh oh, but it's, it's this weird like bow thing and like these these springs that he's like pulled out as high as possible with an ebo attached to the top of them to make like this weird it's just so strange Crazy. and it's like i'm like how the fuck do you come up with this shit but uh, like it's this is the beauty of lockdown man exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. i started doing a so lot what? of music and a lot of baking i've been baking so much <laughs> oh really yeah, that's the, is that with the, is that with the kids is that because of the kids uh, i find myself baking no, a lot more i mean now. i don't know it was just kind of like something to i don't know just like another kind of like creativity i've always been like big into cooking mm. and stuff and yeah, I got really into that. sourdough and it was at the same time I was getting like really into natural wine. So it's all like quite yeah, similar amazing. with like natural fermentation and then naturally mm. fermenting my flour and grains. And I built Beautiful. a pizza nice. oven during lockdown and then started oh, doing man, baking amazing. pizzas. It's on my, it's on my list. Yeah, it's man. on my list of things to do that. Yeah. It's so are, you, um, are you a fan of Frank Corneliuson, the wine? I don't know. it. Do you know that it's good, man. I, I, that, that's one natural wine that I sort of stole from just watching Action Bronson on Fuck That's Delicious all the time. Yeah. And was like, 
I was like, I want to get some of this shit. And it's just, it tastes like fruit juice, natural wine. Yeah, like exactly, it's, man. It's, it's just super... It's zero yeah. acidity. No hangover no, as well. No or hangover. Like, or like, yeah, man. Yeah, very little. No, is, is it, well, maybe a little bit of a hangover, but no headache. No, it's, it's different. Like a it's a different kind of thing. I mean, you can drink enough of anything to have a hangover, but it's definitely yeah. Yeah. way, way less. I mean, we're doing this yeah. new project with ASM mm. where what we're doing is we're taking a record from a country sampling that so it'll be like from italy germany france yeah. whatever and then each song will be paired with a natural wine for that oh, that goes with the sample and a meal so like we'll be releasing Amazing. like a cooking video a wine video and the track and that'll like f- come as a, a f- set and like we're doing a full f- ep on that and then hopefully an album where we're going to follow the same yeah. concept and then it'll be like a subscribe thing so each month you get like new asm single on vinyl with the wine and the recipe. That's a fucking oh, incredible mate. idea. Yeah. I am su- I'm subscribing to that now. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you email me that shit because I want that badly. That is yeah. an incredible <laughs> idea because not enough people put music with food, right? But no, you, should. you should. So my, my wife and I started doing a similar kind of, th- well, not similar, but putting music with food. So basically we'd like pick a country and every Friday I'd cook a meal from, you know, a recipe from that country. And then we'd pick like a playlist that you would typically find in in a typical restaurant for that country. We'd sit and eat and pretend, you know, but it's unbelievable how much of a difference it actually makes to just have that atmosphere in the background. So I I do think that the two complement each other really well. I meet many musicians that love cooking. I'm the same. Warren's the same. Yeah. I mean, it's just like kind of another form of creativity and expression. I feel like, and you know, yeah, a lot of when you right? make music, it is to please mm. others. And I feel like yeah. cooking is quite a similar process. You're like putting a lot of yourself into yeah. something because then you want yeah. other people to eat it or hear it and be like, mm, oh yeah, yeah, this is dope. <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. it's like I had this a lot of similarities. Mate, it's, mate it's, it's, it's literally, I had this conversation with a girlfriend. It was like the, the, the discussion of like, it's definitely like a, a, it's a very very similar thing that because you interpret anything you interpret it yourself don't you so like you get a load of ingredients and it's like it's how you put it together that then makes it special and even like nervous when you like like when you make a tune and you play it to like someone you really trust who makes tunes it's like the same thing it's yeah. like yeah. that whole process and I love it like yeah. it's, you get you don't invite someone around for dinner and then fuck it up do you no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna listen to DC hardcore and make make hot dogs all afternoon when I come see you Lee. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that, no, that's that is genuinely an amazing idea. You have to send yeah, us beautiful. some details on that. I'd yeah, that. I mean, it'll be it. we're launching it in September. Amazing, okay. that is so cool, dude. So where I mean, where to even get started? What would you actually label yourself as, as as Rhino? Are you an NPC player or are you? What would you say you are? Because I couldn't quite define it. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just like a music producer beat maker you know yeah, uh, yeah dj man. something i don't know i just make music make yeah. beats and then yeah. my whole thing with rhino but actually it goes back to like an old group that i did which was called jukebox champions which uh mm-hmm. is where the green tracksuit comes from i was in a green one and the other guy was in a red one and it was Sick. in like 2012 um like a beastie boy type thing yeah exactly <laughs> And we basically like flipped, we had four NPCs on stage and two turntables. And it was also where we built the original PlayStation dance mat things for. And um, the whole idea was that we were like frustrated that there were so many artists that we loved and specifically like music producers. But then when you saw them live, you had no idea what was going on. 
And yeah. either they're like a wicked DJ and that's one thing, or if it's like somebody playing their tracks again, but they're just kind of behind a mm. laptop, kind of doing yeah. versions of their tracks and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And almost as mm. I got older, I was starting to be like, I would prefer to just stay at home and like have a couple of drinks with my mates and just listen to the CD than like be mm. yeah. in this atmosphere sometimes where I just can't understand it. So my whole thing was like, how can I try to help people understand more what I'm doing and show them how like... Mm this yeah. sort of music is, is produced and do it live. So I was flipping everything yeah. for people to see, but then I still felt like, unless you were a music producer, you still didn't really, you're like, oh, he's pushing so many buttons so fast. Like this guy yeah. is really good at pushing stuff fast, but you still didn't really like, understand <laughs> what was going on. And then that was when I started doing more of the looping thing because I felt like when you add a layer and then the next layer, and then the next layer, and then the next layer. Yeah. For your average listener, it's much easier to like really understand what's going on with the music and appreciate it. And then you know it kind of builds a kind of tension and mm. um, like a I don't know. There's that like it's, it's, ah moment every time when like the yeah. elements all come together th and you get the full thing. It's it's it makes it so much more visual, right? And it's and it's it's a good thing. And I get I get what you mean by live. Like I, I'm in a I'm in a band still, I think. We released a record ages ago, but called um, War and Peace. And the, the guy who uh, is my counterpart in that is a guy called Buddy Peace. And he's on Strange Famous Records, made beats for um, Sage Francis and a few of those guys. Uh, I love and, um, Sage Francis. Do you? Oh, man, yeah. I, I, I mean, when I was young. a few times, he's sick. What was yeah. it? Personal yeah. Journals, his album? Personal Journals, I used yeah. to listen to that yeah. shit all the time. And I've got the vinyl here man. behind me that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean... And it's like I I I I found a lot about sort of backpacker hip hop and that sort of that sort of um, from just I worked with Sage for like some BBC stuff we did, um, and then I worked I was in B Dolan who's also on um, Strange Famous Records I was in his live band in the UK for a while, nice. and um and so Buddy Buddy and I made this record and the the, the struggle we found I think was like with uh, with an MPC so we we he mm. was sort of doing all the drums and the simps and I was playing guitar and keys and screaming into a microphone basically and shouting and bits and bobs and um and like live it's it's quite hard because obviously no one can see the amount of time it takes to make that perfect drum beat or yeah. make so make that perfect snare sound or that kick mm. sound so when all they they don't see a drummer they just see this guy tapping right yeah so um we we ended up sort of having to we faced each other on stage um like but to the very tip the front of the stage with our monitor in sort of on on this table and like in our ears and bits and bobs purely so it became like a live show and it was so, so they could actually see his hands going crazy yeah, yeah and it yeah. being reactive because it's also not as loud and like you need a good sound engineer to sort of manage uh to make those drums it doesn't like, drop like a live kit it doesn't drop no, like a live drum not kit live. no no unless, unless unless you're clever with on stage monitoring and like yeah. if, if you have like on stage speakers which we, we we sort of played with putting like the kick and the snare through like a guitar amp on stage so it was still hitting from the stage oh, and then nice. we found that there was a bit of latency and shit like that and it and it started to sort of ruin and make it difficult so we kind of again like it, it's about making like how, how you go from being a programmer or a producer to live and it not just being like a boring playback set, right? Yeah. So you, you, it forces you to become a bit more a bit more creative. One of the interesting things, though, that I have noticed, especially with what you do, and there's a couple of other um, artists that I've seen doing similar things, is they take advantage of the, the interface of the MPC by tilting it so that you, the audience can see what's going on. Yeah. Mm. And actually... The, the, they're all, they look they're pretty to look at right because you've got all these flashing yeah. lights and they're in sync and stuff like that 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the rig that you use, I mean, you're running up and down kind of like a rig of, uh, there's a Kai on there and there's like, what have you got, Ableton, Push? I think yeah, I mean, it depends what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I kind of switch out different things. But for the actual live show, usually I'll have an Akai MPD, um, which is very similar to an MPC in its like format, but um, it's connected to Ableton rather than the MPC is yeah. usually a standalone. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then in Ableton Push, I have a turntable, I have like an Innovation keyboard, um, I have a drum pad, like like a live drumming pad, basically. Um, mm. Is that like the SPDS or is that is that? A, it's a different one. It's okay. Alesis one. Um, Alesis, right, cool. okay. Which I would say is not as good as the as the um, Roland Joby. The SPDS. SPDS. One, I've got yeah. I've got one. Yeah, I've used it for a while. Yeah, yeah they're it's, good. It's the Alesis one is not so good, but the company is owned by the same company that does Akai. And I'm sponsored right. by Akai, and so <laughs> yeah, you know we can edit that bit out. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah, it's all it's right. They great. know. They know. They've made a new version, which is better now. They know. Do you know what though? I, when I started watching your videos, um, I started thinking I'd made the wrong decision because I've only just recently got into um, making beats via MPC, so sitting and actually making them, and I'm loving it. But I was on the fence between going Akai, and I went, I went um, Machine MK3. Yeah. And I don't know whether I made the right decision. I think I should have gone. <laughs> now that I'm watching kind of like what you can do with an Akai, I think I've made, maybe I've limited myself a little bit with the machine, but I don't know. I don't know. Do I feel have like you, it's have you, just... Have you messed around with them? Not much, but I just, I think it's like, if we debate Logic and Ableton right now, I think it's just all about yes. whichever one you know better. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. People do so, insane uh, on, stuff with the worst equipment sometimes, you know, like... Yeah, of course. Oh, uh, I know, yeah. yeah. I mean, have you ever messed around with, um, not that I'm going off the back of worst equipment, but the teenage engineering stuff? No, I would really like to, the OP1. Um, yeah, yeah I've, I've got yeah. one my lying list. around. Somewhere. Yeah, I've got one literally lying around, so I can't see where I've put it. It was on my desk. That would have been a day, good but, um, lockdown project, actually, for me, because I've been thinking for yeah. ages, but every time... You know, like every time you get something new and then it takes ages to learn it before you're like comfortable to really get your ideas yeah. out of it quickly and stuff. And so I've just been waiting for the right moment, but. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're super intuitive. And the thing is, they're quite limited in a good way. Yeah. So you, you have to really use your brain to mm. get past its limitations to get the most out of it, which if, if you like, I don't know, are you still looking at the screen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the one I've got, which is the KO. Okay, you got the pocket and operator. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, po the pocket operator. You can get covers and stuff for them. Uh, yeah, I, I saw they just bare, released a Street Fighter one as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the same, but I think they just limited the things and made it Street Fighter sound effects yeah. and stuff. But um, welcome one of these in your life and then say goodbye to the next six hours yeah. as, you, yeah. as you just start pressing buttons. Because the, the yeah, OP1... Can, it'd be, they're amazing. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, the OP1's yeah, bigger, yeah. exactly. But that pocket operator, I was thinking next time that I have like a long flight or something would be perfect to... Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. A couple of spare So, Ryan, are you uh, so mainly... Do you mainly produce in Ableton then? I do now, right, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, speaking of limitations, so, like, before I used to always make beats on older NPCs, and yeah. I always used to find that those were quite limiting. Mm. And in a way, you know, it's like it would keep you 
stop you being able to go too far and too wild. You would be stuck within the like constraints of the piece of hardware, which kind of also made you more creative, but also helped you to finish things at some point, you know? Um, I always compared like when speaking about old NPCs to haikus, you know, like Japanese haikus, they just have like one exact format and every single poem has to stick exactly to that format but they've yeah, been going exactly. for thousands of years and people are still coming up with them. So and it's just because like, yeah. there's something very creative in limitations. Um, yeah. And it, so when I first got Ableton, I was like talking so much shit about it because I was like, oh, you know, these beat makers, like I just drop a drum break and then I drop the sample and like they're synced up with each other and the beat is done. Like this is bullshit, you know, yeah. like it's yeah. too easy. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I obviously um, stopped being like an old, guy that would be like oh you don't dj on vinyl anymore like yeah. which is what i used to say as well before i got serato um yeah. and realized just like the immense power of ableton um and i was even at the time i was using logic and then for a while i had just used ableton for like the creative side so i would just use it in um mm. uh is it session Clips view mode. Not yeah. the arranger. And then I would export everything and I do my arrangement in logic just because I knew logic Same. so well. And then yeah, I was just I like, see, yeah. I'm I'm adding myself steps here just because I can't be bothered to learn how to use the sequencer. So then I learned yeah. the sequencer and now Ableton, yeah, pretty much my main thing. Plus the thing mm. I love about Ableton is I everyone I speak with, because there's just so it's so big and so many possibilities, everybody uses it in different ways. Yeah. yeah, that's what's so yeah. dope about it. Like, see, yeah. I I always love the fact that it forces you to, um, like, if you if you use it in one way, like, if you use the clips view to sort of make your simps and stuff, yeah, and like and like to fuck about with your plugins, then a way of like putting it into the sequences to record it in, and therefore it it makes your computer work better anyway. So like, you, obviously, you're creating an audio file, so it forces you to then work in audio, not just in MIDI yeah. sometimes, in MIDI, yeah. and, and 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 therefore like rounding out the sound, and you're getting the best out of your plugin strips, and then you can bounce that down and. And it, and it, I, I did the same thing. I used to fuck about with like my sounds in Ableton, and then put them back in Logic because I knew Logic so well. Yeah. And I still, I still use both. Like, but um, I find Logic. Uh, it's just I use it for work to make podcasts and for other bits and bobs, and I find it quite boring. <laughs> Whereas, like when when you when you open you don't want to go live with it either. I don't think. No, God, no. I mean, I used Main Stage to go live mm. with a, a tour once, and it was the worst thing I've ever used in my life ever. Yeah. Um, so I won't be endorsing that project. I don't even think they make Main Probably Stage anymore. Apologies <laughs> if we ever bring you on as a sponsor, by the way. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll what, what, Logic, uh, Apple. I fucking doubt it. Yeah, no, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but with Ableton, I mean, it's such a good playback tool. Like, it's really good for like using live synth and so, even as an instrument on stage, yeah, right? Because yeah. you can, you can just load up all like load of really cool plugins, and they just they're, they're, they're zero latency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I love the thing, like I can push one button and every sound on every one of my pads, my synths and everything has changed to the next song. I'm like, boom, straight in. So good. I mean, it takes a while to get your head around all the programming of it, but Mm. I mean, the the possibilities are just limitless with it. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And I really do like like the Max for Live... Um, plugins and stuff and like people that people submit and yeah. like the things that you can just make like as part of the package it's, it's just really clever use of, of audio like and 
yeah, it's, it just it does force me to be a little bit more cre- creative in general. I think because um, you, you just push every button and see what happens, right? That's just the standard yeah. things. Like with, with modular synthesis, it's the same thing. Like get a cable, put another cable in, and just like ah, fucking hell, I don't yeah. know what's going on. That sounds amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It's the best way, man. So so where obviously you've got all of this capability now of like looping and 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 i see you playing live instruments into it but where did where did you start out what what first sort of ignited this interest and 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 how did it kind of develop to where it got to today and when did you turn it into a career or has it always been something that you've done um so i was like 12 13 um and my older brother had i think it was a mini disc and we were, were like i used to love many yeah days. me too so and much stuff you can yeah. his friend at school who i guess was like 17 <laughs> or whatever had just made this like turned on his turntables and made a drum and bass mix and he'd given it to my brother and then i was in the car we were going on like you know with my parents on a summer holiday or something we had a couple of hours in the car and i remember listening to that and just kind of like freaking out geeking out like what is going on how is this guy i'd never even like heard songs being mixed together or anything and so after that, I was just like hooked on the idea that I needed to get turntables. Um, okay. Even though I just like didn't really listen to drum and bass or anything, but just the whole thing was like, I need turntables, need turntables. Managed to convince my parents that, um, so I guess it was my, it was either my 13th or my 14th birthday. I went with, and funnily enough, I went with um, FP, who is the MC in all of the videos, who's, you know, like my best yep. friend since I was a kid, to go yeah, and yeah. get turntables for my birthday and there were some like really shitty turntables with a mixer but um then i just started like collecting some vinyl some had like you know hip-hop singles that had the instrumentals on the b-side and then we were just right. at that age where we were like freestyling over the beats and stuff and there was like this one guy at our school that could actually rap and he was like a friend of my brother as well and he came around and was like oh you got turntables like dope so I started doing, playing some beats for him and he was rapping and then it was like, okay, well, you need to like start making some beats for me then. And I was like, oh, okay, you know? And so like, I kind of started messing around with the only thing I could illegally download at the time was Cool Edit Pro. Yeah. No. Um, and then somewhere along the line, I discovered an NPC and I was like, I, I forget where it was. It was like on a magazine or in a music video, someone was using it and I was just like, what is that? Need it. And I made a mixtape and sold it at school to like make enough money to buy my first MPC. Cause it was back oh, at the time nice. when oh, music was a commodity still. And I had all this like underground <laughs> hip hop and you couldn't YouTube all that shit didn't exist. Nothing existed. So like all of my friends, which were like, Oh, like I want to be able to hear this underground hip hop shit too, that you've got all this vinyl of. And so I would make yeah. these tapes and sell them and people would actually buy that shit because, you know, it didn't exist like it does now where anyone can just access any song in the world on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I bought my first MPC and then I had no idea. Again, no YouTube, no friends, nothing that had an MPC. <laughs> didn't have any idea how to use it. So I just thought you were meant to play it live. It was the MPC 1000 and it had like just come out. And so I figured like you know, you're meant to be finger drumming. You're meant to be playing it because I didn't know any better. And so like straight away when I started making beats with it and then we were just beginning to do like little performances at like the school disco and things like that, I was just playing the MPC live because it just made sense to me, you know? Um, So I just started from there and then it just got like bigger and bigger. And then 
uh, went to Liverpool for university to study audio engineering. Was still DJing yeah. a lot of that club, which then I ended up running. Um, and then ASM, which was my band that I started with my two childhood best friends, basically. Um, ended up doing the single with this guy, Wax Taylor, that blew up in France. And we suddenly were over in France touring and selling out venues and stuff. And then we found out about this intermittence where you get paid by the government if you work enough in France as a musician. And that was kind of it. We are still in France now. So that was like, yeah. I've been living as a musician, I guess, like uh, 13, 14 years now. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Which is yeah, yeah. the dream, awesome. man. It's insane. We always laugh when we're like, how... How we like, who is letting us still do this? You know, like, how are we still, you know, we all have families now and shit. We're like supporting our families from yeah. it. We're, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, but dude, when, it, if, you're, if you're making cassettes and selling them at school, you're setting a precedent mm. for, you're laying, the, you're laying the foundation. I guess. For how yeah. it's going to be, right? Hustling. So, <laughs> hustling, yeah, you know, man. but you're turning, you're turning music into money, which is what a career is, is the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was I was really interested though when like I said before like digging through the archives and what you've been releasing um, and listening to um, ASM but then the the, the contrast of di the difference in sound between your own solo stuff uh, from Welcome which was 2008 right yeah sorry 2018 maybe. 2018 yeah um, but yeah so so are you following kind of a similar kind of process or because the sounds on 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 the uh, on Welcome you know I'm hearing lo lots of different things I mean. Um, I've written down here there was something good the tune something good kind of took me to kind of like a Jamie XX place or yeah the, you know the XX or something so, yeah, so is, that, is that kind of like um, so, this, are you following the same process when you're writing that kind of stuff or is it like are you going off on a tangent or are you I was very much going off on a tangent I mean so ASM is very much like quite purist hip hop stuff we're pretty uh um, like almost never, and especially the guys, like any kind of like anything electronic in the music and things like that is just kind of a no-go. It's very much like old school jazzy hip hop. And as a music producer, I was getting a little bit frustrated yeah. because yeah, kind of like, like Jurassic I love making five hip hop beats all day, but you start to want to like yeah, express yourself in different ways and you're learning how to use your, your yeah, synths and your hardware and things like that. And you want to be able to experiment with them. So when I started Rhino, it was primarily to be like away from hip hop and just doing more like electronic stuff and more kind of like, you know, if you listen to like something good uh, or you got something, which is another track on, on welcome, which is like more flumish influenced by like that kind of stuff. Um, and is he coming back in or is he? Yeah, he's back. He's back. He's yep. just not in capitals this time. Sorry. Yo, yo. Um, where did you hear up to before I... <laughs> oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still, still there. there. Can you not hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, so you, you were talking about kind of getting back into the hip-hop after you'd kind of uh, exercised the demons of going more mm. electric, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, no matter what I did, really all I wanted to do was hip hop. So a lot of the time when I was making a track, it would end up going more hip hop or I'd be like, oh, this is dope. But imagine if I got an MC on this or whatever. And then slowly but surely, 
Um, oh, yeah, I just really, I mean, hip hop is what I love. And although like I don't listen to that much hip hop anymore, I listen to way much, way, way more like funk, soul, jazz, stuff like that. A lot of like 70s reggae. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of still Afro like my backbone. Should say that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then so that then I'd made the Leopard Dilemma, which was like my second EP, and the Leopard Dilemma was basically saying like the dilemma of the leopard is the like no a leopard can't change its spots, you know the the saying. And so basically yeah, that. That was that. It was like, no matter what I'm trying to do with Rhino, like I just keep coming back to hip hop. Like can't change my spots. So let's actually just do hip hop. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah. with a little bit more freedom. In Rhino, I can go a little bit further yeah. and do stuff that I wouldn't necessarily do with ASM. I think I think it's evident like with your with the videos um I've seen with like your classical like cuts. Which is like it's a that's a real nice thing to do in terms of again like not going to not using standard jazz uh, samples to sort of make beats and fucking with classical phrasings and stuff and string sections and then working with MCs because like those live videos they they work so well man and it's like it's, it's oh, the intelligence you. that you've clearly that like the way you've cut and the way like you're using the MPC to cut from track to track and stuff as well is like yeah. I was enamored by that actually. It's nice, and you can see like you really, really enjoy it as well. Yeah, so like, and it all comes <laughs> back it, to to my understanding of hip hop, you know, which is like yeah. where all of my like knowledge base is. You know, it's definitely yeah. Like, I'm a pretty deep hip hop well, nerd. It's it's really interesting because like I know I know quite a few like hip hop producers. Um, they, I mean, they, they make it across genre, but like, they, they, and that, that's the reason I say they are hip hop producers because they're. It comes from like that crate digging attitude, but like further deeper than that though, because like every, everyone I've ever known has got a hard like that makes hip hop specifically has got a 500 gig hard drive full of just drum cuts yeah. <laughs> and like how many drum kits that they've got on various like various like fucking MPCs or discs or whatever, and it's like I need a snare drum, and he's like give me an hour and a half and I'll, I'll find exactly that snare. Hold on just a minute. Yeah. And then like, I'm just sitting there just like, fucking hell. And it's, it's that mentality because it's so, so much patience in finding the right samples, right? For sure. Um, like I've got, I've got like loads of Diller samples that someone gave me a massive like 20 gig folder full of like stuff that was used on donuts, I think. And it's like, I mean, I've got the cuts and I've, I've, you know, I've used some of them and shit, but it's like, they're such good drum kits. And it's like having that ear, or even if it's like a, a weird like, little noise, like a, a string fret buzz or something that yeah. becomes quite iconic in another track, you know, and then you can make a whole loop out of that and like resample it and keep resampling it and like add, add white noise to it and all sorts of shit. It just, I love that mentality. Like I learned a lot from Buddy Peace in the same manner. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with a scratch artist called John First. Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. So like, I've I did some work with John and um John and Buddy as well, and it's like watching watching those guys is it's just a really lovely way. Like it's I, I like that mentality. That it's and it is like crate digging, like finding a record and hearing all of the color and elements on it. You know what I mean? Like every single detail yeah, for sure. And it, it just changes the way you don't you don't just then open Logic or Ableton and just use anything stock, and it prevents you from doing that. Not that there's anything wrong with that because you can make bangers out of anything, but you know it's. It, yeah, it's such a lovely way to work, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I used to always be much more, um, like, serious about finding really, really, like, deep, no one's used this, this is yeah, new course. kind of stuff, yeah. but I yeah. 
have realized with time that that doesn't really matter, you know, like, like no, you say, man. you can make music with anything. Right, and if something, <laughs> if something sounds good, like yeah. that's all that yeah, matters, yeah. you know? So like at the same time as I'll like find some deep cut drum break, I might also like take a random sample out of a horn from a sample pack. And it's like, <laughs> these were great. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. need yeah. for me to say like, Oh, you don't sample from vinyl? Like, you're not a real <laughs> hip-hop producer, you know? Like, that's just such yeah. bullshit. It's like, who cares nah, about that bullshit. kind of stuff, you know? I sample from YouTube, bruv. It's all right. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Give a fuck. Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, man, so, like, who cares? What? As long as the end result sounds dope, like... Exactly, Who man. cares? Exactly, and nobody, man, nobody that's listening... Because, like, most of the music you make is not really for other producers. I mean, some producers no. is for other producers, but your average listener has no idea. And they're not yeah. there like, oh, he sampled from YouTube? Like, what a dick. It's more like, oh, <laughs> this guy, yeah. like, manages to even sample from YouTube. He's a legend, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's exactly, that thing yeah. of, like, when people moan about using, um, like, presets on plugins, like native instruments. Like, I had complete years ago, 10 years ago. And it's like, I loved Massive. It was a great plugin. Yeah, and it was, like, it was a really, like, chunky, like, rah, 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 like, rattle bass sound. And it's like... Cool, I got to do fuck all with it. It's fine. Scream mm. used it on one of his tunes. No one moaned at him. It's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, who cares? So I just think that like, it's like oh, man. we're not helping each other as music producers no. by hating on no. each other. You know, like no, no, no. It's, uh, it's like about, I've had so many discussions with people where they've been like, oh, like, did you hear this new song? Like, the entire <laughs> thing is just from Splice. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah. why didn't you do it then? Because like yeah, it was accessible <laughs> and they've got like yeah. a number one tune right now. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Hilarious, man. So do you, do you, on that note, actually, are you, are you big on subscription services then at all? I have now? one, like I have one that I use, which is called Noise, N-O-I-I-Z. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it, yeah. Cool. which I use um, and I know now after everything I just said I feel like it's less popular than Splice which is why I use that one not Splice because I feel like uh-huh. I can find more stuff on there that I haven't heard already on other yeah. songs um, yeah which is cool and yeah like I don't feel like I need more than one so I just mm. have that one I, th- I think it's nice I, I'm, I'm finding like we were having discussions about like plugin alliances, subscription services yeah. for loads of their that. bits and bobs. You've got that, haven't you? Like, yeah, I yeah. use, <clears throat> I still use Waves quite a lot. I still sort of dabble with natives and like I've still got some really, like, old Macs that I haven't updated for like years or consciously that's never been on the internet that have got like loads of crack shit if yeah. I need stuff. Like, you know, like I don't endorse crack software, just FYI for, for potential sponsors of this podcast. No, don't do but, crack um, kids. Uh, no, don't do crack kids, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes you can like still get some decent shitty sounds and bit like I used to love Predator, Rob Papp and Predator. That plug plugin for me was like when I was sort of fucking around with like dark garage and and grimy sort of sounds like and again just all out of the box because you'd listen to like even stuff that used to be made on PlayStation. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you know what to do with it, it's fucking yeah sick, for it? sure. But, like, I mean, and then afterwards we can talk. I mean, like obviously like new hip hop or trap or whatever you want to call it, like pop mm. these days. I mean, yeah. The entire genre is just made off of the preset sounds of the 808, you know, like yeah, the whole thing. It's responsible for a lot of st- <laughs> a lot <laughs> music of stuff. that 808. Uh, yeah. yeah, who made? Yeah. Do you know who? Re- is it? I can't remember the company that made remade the 808 based on the old circuitry. Is it Arturia? No, no. It, I think Behringer it? did it, didn't they? I don't Behringer, know. Behringer, that's Behringer. it. They did. Yeah, Behringer remade the 808 and the 909, right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't um, used it. I haven't. 
I haven't used them, but I was I was keen to see because I know it's just the old circuit, like the old circuit diagrams that they they based it from. So yeah, yeah. technically, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that bad, right? But no, I, I mean, know, like I was also interested. Like, oh, it would be super cool to have. But then I was like, am I going to put my money on that when I already have yeah. every eight hundred eight sound like twenty different times yeah, exactly. in different sample packs? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I mean, but yeah, there's something the to be well, said like, about being able to just play around with them and mess with them, and yeah, I, th- I think I think and that's the thing, like the creative, ju- like the 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 have, having the ability to touch a bit of kit. Exactly. Often, often it, it can it can get quite involved in it, and that's I've got like every yeah, like every electronic drum machine sample in the world ever, probably recorded with different ways or with different yeah. interfaces in different studios. But fundamentally, once I stick an effect on it and a compressor on it and whatever else, it just sounds the same. So yeah, like, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. And I get, I get that. But I know I st- what you I mean. Like, like I feel these days we spend so much time on computers. Like I love when I yeah. just don't use my computer and I go just on my hardware. And yeah, like tactility is the way, right? Yeah. It's, it's having the ability to to hold something. Like, do you remember like that, those those small um like they did those small little Roland synths? Yeah, like the little ones, the yeah, mini. Yeah. I can't remember what they were mm. called. I've got all three of them. There's like the delay one, the other one, and it's like I was I sat for hours daisy chaining them together, and then I, the output was just into my Marshall stack amp. So I sat in a really fucking loud room, just going, yeah. you know, for ages, and I recorded loads of stuff that ended up on an album, fa- thankfully. But like. It's just there's something about that and having the ability to step away from a monitor. We for all sure, stare at our phones sure. and our screens so fucking much. And it's like mm. just picking up a guitar in a field, not to be hippy-dippy about it, but it's quite cool that you can then record something. There, picking up you know, a djembe and, in a drum circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See it, man. <laughs> I think as well, if, if you if you re, if you film that and then stick it on, or video it and stick it on uh, Instagram, it's really good for people to watch when they're stuck yeah. in the house. Like, yeah. oh, I yeah. feel... Outside, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm about to go outside and play Wu Tang on the ukulele in my garden in the sunshine, and <laughs> nice. yeah, I yeah, hope dude. people well, I, will just love that because you know, sunshine. Exactly. And, yeah, <laughs> of course. And well, I don't, I don't want to get in the way of you doing that, so we'll we'll let you go in a minute. But what you mentioned before that you had a tour uh, cancelled has that been picked up again? What what's coming around the corner for you that, um, that that the people need to listen out for, get involved in? Mm. Well, like I mentioned earlier, the new ASM project where we're going to be pairing music with natural wine and food. That's going to be yeah. super interesting. With Rhino, obviously every Wednesday um, on my Instagram and Facebook, I drop a new video. I'm going to keep yeah. going with that as long as I can. I just bought a new house and I'm selling this one. So there's going to be a moment where either I'm going to be like filming in front of like half finished walls <laughs> and making dude, stuff dude, looping like power dude, tools make, and stuff. You, you've got to sample the boxes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but the new house needs so much renovation. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of renovation loop videos going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I don't know if I'll be able to keep going, but I have loads and loads of bookings in line. It's just, we're waiting to put dates on them because of mm. uh, the confinement and everything at the moment. So like as soon as yeah. we can, I'll announce a tour and then back on the road with ASM, back on the road with Rhino. And mm. we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to release or not an album with Rhino. I feel like there's, there's a certain frustration in me where I'm like, sometimes I'll work a year on an album and I'll put it out. And like people are like, this is cool. And some people listen to it. Or I'll work a day on one of these videos and put it out mm, and yeah. I get like <laughs> half a million views and you're like, well, yeah. sometimes it's, it's frustrating, industry, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know though. There's something longer lasting about that album that's going to stick around. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Than, you know, yeah, well, I consider that most of my videos are throwaway videos. Like you watch them, you enjoy them, you like them, you show them to a friend, and then a week later you watch the next one and, and enjoy it and yeah. show it to a friend. But you don't necessarily like go back. You know, they're kind of like a one view or one two time view thing. Whereas an album, yeah. you know, is something you can come back to lots, but. I've done a yeah. lot of albums with ASM and I'm going to continue doing that. And I don't know whether or not, I mean, I'm sure I will do an album with Rhino, but I don't know. Like it's not mm. at the front of my like to-do list right now necessarily. Well, when you get out on tour, if you, if you're London way, which I assume you would be at some point, we'd love to come along and oh, yeah, man, definitely. Show and, be good to meet in person. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent, man. man. It's been a lovely chat. conversation, Rhino, man. Yeah, thank you. Having... Thank you so much, mate. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thank you. Thanks for Take having care, me. Take care, dude. Where, where can people find you, by the way? Um, well, so Instagram at rhino.music, um, on Facebook, mm -hmm. Rhino Social, um, and then ASM, A State of Mind, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, everything. Um, those Sweet. are the best places. Chinese Man Records is the label. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, like I say, every Wednesday I drop a new video. So if you want some entertainment during lockdown, oh, we'll yeah, be man. there. Come check it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll be sharing the shits out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. Well, enjoy that ukulele in the garden with the sunshine. Yeah. Wu Tang yeah. is for the children, man. Wu Tang is for <laughs> the children. Wu Tang is for the children. I'm, I got to still <laughs> learn the line. Right, I'm going to try to do it right now. So hopefully, basically, I, yeah. it comes out at six. So I've got to go quick. I got to record, edit, drop it. Yeah. Nice. All Can't right. wait. Big up, guys. <laughs> All right, man. Big up, my brother. And a Have bit, a good man. One. See you later. Yeah, Thanks for having bye, me. Bye. Much bye. love. Bye. bye. Peace, man. Bye. There you go. <clears throat> Lovely to have a chat with uh, Rhino. Um, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Um, subscribe to us on whatever platform it is that you're listening to so that you can get the updates for the uh, new episodes that are coming out. We're going to do an episode every Friday. Um, so there's going to be a Friday drop. We've got some big names coming around the corner that we're super excited about, but I can't say anything yet. Um, and what else? What else? Broken Bricks, uh, the NASA new single by Broken Bricks is doing well, but go and give it a spin on your favourite um, streaming platform. Um, also as well, <clears throat> subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel. So all uh, Broken Bricks content, music videos, and also uh, Through the Door podcast is, is going to be hosted on the uh, Broken Bricks YouTube channel. So <clears throat> head to Broken Bricks and hit the subscribe button for more stuff. Uh, yeah, sweet. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend.